This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London and on the unceded lands of the Watermodigal peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. Oh hey there, welcome to episode 6 of Aphorisms. We have a packed schedule um, ahead of us today, but I just wanted to run through something first before um, we get to our regular usual programming. Um, about something that really means a lot to me um, that I wanted to get your help on, basically. Radio Skid Row um, is a community-run um, radio station in Sydney. It's a radical radio station. Um, they've been running for 37 years, and unfortunately, just recently, um, the Community Broadcasting Foundation announced that Radio Skid Row would not be awarded any operational funding for the next year. Um, and this has been a really devastating blow for the team at Radio Skid Row, as I said, this is a community-run and community-led um, platform in an age of disinformation in the media and in the popular media. It's really rare to find these voices and perspectives um, than anywhere else. So I think the fact that it gives a voice to people like the most marginalised in our community is just really, really important. They operate out of Sydney um, and they talk really openly about things that need to change in the world, um, you know, like the violation of human rights, for example. And basically, it's a really important voice of resistance um, amongst, you know, the usual homogenous media that is not always very truthful. Um, so this is really upsetting and I've donated my money um, already as much as I can at the moment. And I've shared a link in my stories. I'm going to do it again this week. Um, they've got a target, a goal of $70,000. So if you can give anything at all, please either visit our Instagram or at Radio Skid Row on Instagram and give anything you can. It would be incredibly helpful and incredibly valued. So, you know, please do so. This is a community run radio station that passes the mic to the most marginalized voices in communities. And I think that is, in my opinion, an essential service. So if you can spare anything, you know, please do. Okay. Thank you for listening. Um, we also have the usual <laughs> coming up. Um, Maddie and I discussed Real Housewives of Potomac and OC, even though I swore I would never waste breath on this franchise ever again. Um, some Beverly Hills casting news. Uh, I also watched Batchy for the first time ever. Plus, um, I apologise for two <laughs> for two things I've done. Um, I'm not one to often admit my wrongdoings, but I'm I will do publicly um, in this episode. And finally, we will of course be doing our horoscopes. As we do every week, Maddie and I get our horoscopes from Dose, I believe her name is, um, via Know the Zodiac. So if you want to look yours up, that's where we get ours from. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Maddie. Good evening, Ash. You sound more over it than I feel about it, but you're the one that's like, I like this intro. Yeah, it's good. What's the matter with it? <laughs> I just feel like a dickhead. Yeah, that's all right. It's I, the intro. Yeah, I feel like a dickhead a lot of the time anyway. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I had a really nice um, weekend other than the fact, I mean... If anyone had any worries about me still being a commitment phobe, I just spent the entire weekend with my girlfriend at her friend's house, who she's house-sitting, with three cats. 
Um, and if anyone's met me, you've met me. What's the problem yeah. there? I f- fucking hate cats. <laughs> fucking. I, I, I would take I would take it further than you just hate them. Like Af is like terrified of cats. Absolutely terrified. Um, but so deep is the love that I have for my girlfriend. Apparently, that I spent the whole fucking weekend with three cats. So. I don't know what else I can do at this point to prove how what a wonderful partner I am, but I just spent the weekend with three cats and I let one of them crawl on me. I'm genuinely so impressed. <laughs> do you know how many times during the weekend I brought up to Kim? I was like, "Do you have you ever seen a picture of a cat's tongue up close? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I said it about 45 times. She's like, yes, yep, yep, you showed me, like, maybe on our second date. I was like, I just want, like, it's disgusting and they're touching us. Like... <laughs> When me and Af first met, oh, oh yeah, just after we first yeah. met, Af told me um, that she hates cats. And I was like, well, Af, here's a picture of a cat's tongue. Yeah, you ruined it for me real early. I mean, I already was scared of them. I was just like, why do they have spikes on their tongue? Like, why? what is going on? Like, if anyone hasn't seen it, just Google, t- like, cat tongue close. And it is just horribly... It's just scary. Only demons should have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I know it's, it's to clean themselves, blah, 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 wank, wank, wank. I understand. It's still horrifying. <laughs> you were just like unfounded animosity for cats. He's like one of my favorite things about it's you. It's not unfounded. They're terrifying and they're so quick and like sudden. Like they could just be sitting and then bam, they're like flying halfway across the room and like very quickly. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. They're very insidious and scary. Um, but I spent the whole weekend, and I'm yeah. fine. Look well at me. Done. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, she right. owes me big time. Anyway, let's kick off. Astrology hacks. Do you yeah. want to go let's through? Let's hear your weekend horoscope. Off. Should I start? Yeah, start. Okay, I will. Um. Oh, see, I never understand the bit at the beginning, but I read it out anyway. This weekend, the moon starts off in Aquarius on Saturday, and this helps us learn the art of emotional detachment. That's probably my terror of cats. I let go of that. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean we have to be indifferent or heartless, which I'm not. I respect them as creatures and animals. I just... Ooh. Um, it actually means that because we can tap into everything so deeply, we can also learn how to lovingly detach from what we feel and let the lessons guide us intuitively. That's probably less about cats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) What do you think that's about? Um, I think I've been very, 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 very stressed over the last few weeks and, um, holding on to a lot of like panic. And mm-hmm. like anxieties, and this weekend I really did try to just be like, let that go, manifest positivity, and everything falling into place, and try and like not let this creep into every single emotion that you have because it has been. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, maybe that. Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. And then it says, um, prepare to have revealing experiences with yourself and others this weekend that help you work on this act of self development. I mean. That I had like a lot of DMs, not only with Kim, but like my friend from work when I had like a full on crying breakdown, she called me and was like, you need to compartmentalize now. You're being crazy. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I listened to her as an act of self-development. What's her star sign? Your friend who 
You spoke to? Alex is an Aquarius, which okay. we were both surprised by. But then I did her birth chart. So we didn't really like each other at first when we worked together and we were a bit mm-hmm. like on edge. And then we ended up being the last two people left at a pub drinks. Um, and I ended up doing her birth chart over a bottle, like a three bottles of rosé. And she was like, whoa, like, well, this is too, too real. You might need to stop because now you know too much about me. Um, so yeah, that's Alex. She's the best. Um, it also says once the moon shifts into Pisces on Sunday, you'll be in a dreamy mood, especially because the sun will be in Scorpio, Scorpio season. Um, you'll be immersed in emotion and you'll take what you've been learning and apply it to your current circumstances. Focus on being as heart-centered as possible as you ascend. Ascend? Ascend? That sounds magical. Ascend? Yeah. I feel like I did have a really nice dreamy Sunday. We just literally watched Survivor all day and like got takeout and I tried to avoid the cats. But it was a really nice day otherwise. Is Survivor back on? No. What is it? Is it the Amer- the US Survivor or yeah, which the, one were you watching? We were watching we're watching season twenty three at the moment. Kim and I basically have gone through from like season one. As soon as I realized she was kind of interested, I was like, guess what we're gonna do to Bond? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she loves it though. She loves it more than me. Um so we've been through quite a few seasons of it now. Right. Yeah, I even made her watch boring ones just because I was like, this is going to be context for a season coming up. <laughs> She's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> where, is, um, where is season 23? Like, what's the location? Um, Samoa, Apollo. Samoa. Yeah. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. so beautiful. I want to go there. It is so beautiful. I've never been to Samoa, but, um, like, every time I watch Survivor and it's in Samoa and they're like, oh, I'm so hungry, I'm going to eat a rat. I'm like, there's fucking food everywhere in the Pacific. Like, yeah. I like every time I watch Survivor, I'm like, okay, like, this might be good. And then I start watching it and people are like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, why are you hungry? Like, there's no reason that you should be fucking hungry in Samoa. Well, they they haven't been given a staple. So once some of the seasons, they usually will give you rice or maize or something. They haven't been given that. So everything they're having is like self-sufficient, like coconuts. They some One of them won a spear, so they go fishing. You know what I mean? Like they are self-sufficient. Yeah. But, but there's heaps of, that's what I'm saying. There's heaps of fucking food there. It's not like you're in the desert. Like you're literally at the beach <laughs> where coconuts and like in the bush, like back from the beach, there's probably pineapples and stuff. Like don't complain. It just... <laughs> It frustrates me watching that I'll let them know. I'll let them know to shut up. I love Survivor. I'm such a fucking nerd for it. I'm obsessed. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. Oh, my turn? Okay, here we go. All right. So mine says there's a sweet side and a challenging side to this weekend. On the one hand, Saturn and Venus come into into harmonious alignment on Saturday on Saturday, making it a great time to give of our love and inner resources effortlessly. I don't know why that was so fucking hard to read, but it was like really challenging. (laughs) Um, On the other side, Mercury joins the sun in its retrograde motion on Sunday, inviting us to bring light to our shadows and the things we've suppressed. Oh, Jesus Christ. Deep. (sighs) Fucking hell. So how did that manifest, um, Maddie? Hey. How did that manifest so far? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> God, are you okay? Um, 
Look, I fucking... I was fucking going through it this week Aww. and this weekend. Like, um, I've got, I've just got a lot to grapple with. Okay. Um, and certainly the shadows are being brought to light. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> All the best. <laughs> quite dramatic. Quite dramatic. A little bit. Um, if it's any consolation, retrograde Mercury retrograde ends on the third of November. So you just got to hold tight. And cope but until then. Isn't retrograde like it's like disruptive? It's not like your deepest, darkest fears are fucking resurfacing. No, that could be your Saturn returns. Oh no, because yeah. you're only twenty eight. No, 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 I'm almost twenty nine. Yes, yeah, prob- I don't know if it's that yet. Anyway, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> um. Taurus, so many shifts and changes have been making their way through your psyche and restructuring your belief systems. You're finally ready to let these shifts blossom and come through your creative expression. Move with love and tender awareness as you do so. <laughs> Trust that in the power that you bring. Cool. Yep. <sighs> Does that speak to you? Oh, you just look so dejected. Look, I've been struggling with a lot of heartache this week I think Mm. I'll just leave it there because I don't really like to talk about personal traumas you sure don't but I'm get I've I've been through it this week and I do feel like I'm on the other side of it good um but like it's not over and yeah it's look it's a fucking rough time and apparently your Saturn returns like as you mentioned just like brings all the stuff that you've been suppressing to the surface. It does. Um, and yeah, like there's just a lot of, a lot of realities that are just like really hitting me at the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The key thing, as I've said to you before, per, like just personally with Saturn returns, it brings a lot of things to light. That's why a lot of people kind of will change jobs or careers or long-term relationships or things that are quite, like seemingly stable or set they reevaluate things and change a lot i mean i moved across the planet to london when i turned 30 because it's around every 29 30 years saturn returns back to the place it was when you were born um so the key thing is to like see what bubbles to the surface like take heed of the lessons don't like ignore them because then you're going to come out fucked the other end you know what i mean for sure, yeah. Well, I've had a lot of, you know, I'm fortunate to have a lot of, like, um, mentors in my life and, you know, something that I've been hearing a lot over the last few years is, like, learning to come from a place, like, what they would say of, um, like, ontological humility, which means, like, the way you, like, your play, like, the place that you come from in the world um, needs to come from a place of, like, being humble and humility And I think that, like, due to my own privileges, like, sometimes I think that I'm exempt to certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, And more recently, um, I've become, like, more increasingly aware that I'm absolutely not. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's just part of the learning process and and growing up. It is. And you're also completely adverse to change. So any of that stuff is probably... A pain in the ass for you to deal with for sure yeah 
Well, I'm glad it's coming to the fore and you have no choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you've really gone through it. I hope next week is better for you. Actually, everyone I've spoken to had a terrible week, quite frankly. Like, very intense. As did yeah. I. Okay, let's leave that behind us and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, shall we chat Real Housewives? Yes, okay. let's do it. Before we jump into a recap of last week, um, I would like to issue a public apology on two counts. First of all, I've been told by Hannah, um, who was on episode two, that it's Potomac, not Potomac, as you and I have emphasized <laughs> every episode. <laughs> so it's... Apparently it's pronounced Potomac. With the word Mac. Like my friend was like to me, you can't, the reason you say Potomac, like Potomac, (laughs) like you can't even say McDonald's, like McDonald's, you say McDonald's. (laughs) I also say McDonald's or Mac. There's not even an A in McDonald's. It's like literally MC Donald's. McDonald's. And we're still like McDonald's. McDonald's. And I say Macca's. Yeah, Maccas, yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. I think there should be an A there. Anyway, it's Potomac, not Potomac. Thanks, Hannah. The other thing she Thanks, pulled me Hannah. up on. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by this. And it's your true friends, like the real ones, are the ones that will pull you up on this shit. But Hannah was mm-hmm. like, I am so disappointed that you said you don't know what homecoming is. Of course you know what homecoming is. Like, why don't you go watch Beyonce's fucking Netflix documentary again? And you'll, I was like, that's a homecoming of course it's like apparently tradition for hbcu um colleges and universities is hbcu that already says college and universities doesn't it historically black college universities right but i i didn't know the acronym before you just said it sorry oh, well i think it, i think that's what it stands for um and it's like usually over a seven day period um at the end of the year i believe where class is like suspended and there's lots of celebrations and lots of kind of marching band events and parties and studies kind of suspended and stuff so it's like a key point of the year at hbcus Um, and beyonce talked about it that's why she created homecoming for beachella um because she said she'd always wanted to go to a hbcu but because she was part of like destiny's child her education and growing up was being a superstar not going to university or college but that's something that she'd always wanted to experience so she created her own for homecoming on Netflix. You know, no. <laughs> God. I'm so I embarrassed. I that as well, and I've, I completely forgot that. But, yeah, sorry, Beyonce. So is Beyonce. I'm really sorry. I'm mortified. Fuck. Um, but, anyway, I just needed to get that out of the way. Okay. Um, so that's done. Potomac, I had a lot of thoughts this week. Did you have a yeah. lot of thoughts this week? Look, a key thought of mine this week. So this week we watched season five, episode 12. Yep. And what was clear to me in episode 12 is that men are useless worldwide. <laughs> um, if that wasn't already clear, it's super clear in this episode. That I was just about to say, not, that's not news. It's not news, but it's just exemplary in this episode. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind. So Eddie, so Wendy and Eddie, their kid Cameron had a sip and see, which I had not heard of until I started watching Real Housewives. <laughs> but their one was like also involved um, a like traditional Nigerian community, like um, I suppose introduction mm-hmm. um, for the child, and it was really nice. Like I thought it was, it was so a cute. bit gorgeous. Yeah, and the baby looked fresh. Like I loved oh. all the baby's outfits. It was so cute. Gorgeous. 
So sip and see so, is like where you, it's like one event where everyone can come and see your new baby and have a drink and they don't have to visit you. Like I think like my ethnic family, we would have people just visiting the house forever <laughs> for the first few months to come and see the baby. But this is like, come one, come all. There is one day you may come and see like, and you have a little Got drink. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that does make sense. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So I was impressed with Eddie. Like I liked Eddie's contribution. I thought he did he did a lot towards the sip and see and I was like, go son, like, you know, put in some fucking effort into your family and relationship. It was really um, sad though how his family didn't come because they didn't approve of him marrying Wendy. So even yeah. though he invited his mum and other relatives, nobody turned up from his side, which was really sad. Yeah. So when I when I say men worldwide are useless, I just want to be clear that I'm not talking about Eddie in this particular episode. Eddie, right. you're exempt. But every other count in this episode was <laughs> fucking useless. Speaking of, Michael fucking Potato Corpse Darby. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's just the worst anyway. But when him and Ashley were talking about um, his indiscretions, he told mm-hmm. her that he needs her help to stop them continuing like on what planet like the entitlement the entitlement like i i'm still shocked by this the fact that he was like you need to stop me from cheating by like what i'm not sure what how i guess like putting out even though she's a brand new mum, and like i don't know i hate him so much God, it was terrible. Um, So they went to see, like, a counsellor together, right? And then he, like, turned the counselling session into about about his emotional issues, which, like, fair enough. Like, sometimes if you need a man to see a counsellor, you take them to a couple's (laughs) counsellor and they just talk about themselves, I suppose. (laughs) And then he's, like, talking about his father and blah, blah, blah. And then he's, like, saying that he needs Ashley, like, as you said, to be some point of, like, emotional intervention for him when he starts to act out because of his own issues. Like, sir, fucking control your own behaviour. I'm sorry, but, like, I'm sorry your dad liked you, I don't know, a lot and put a lot of pressure on you or some shit. (laughs) But, like, that's your issue. Like, sort it out. Yeah. That's not Ashley's problem to fix. I'm a very big believer in, at the moment, I keep talking about this a lot to anyone in my life, about the concept of emotional responsibility and, like, Mm -hmm. sorting out your issues and baggage. Not necessarily, like, on your own without the help of other people, but don't project Mm -hmm. them onto the person who it affects. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You deal with that before you, like, put that on people in your life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Emotional responsibility. Um, the other ain't shit man was Ray. Um, yes, Ray. He just point blank does not deserve Karen Ladam, Hugh, whatever the fuck her name is. Like, she's beyond him now. She's gone above what their marriage is. And he's basically told her, like, you don't give me the attention I deserve anymore because you have a career, I guess. Um, mm. And it was really disheartening because Karen is like really trying to save this marriage and anything that he says, I'm always just like, Oh my God, Karen, just cut and run. Like Mm. (laughs) at at first I could, I think at first I felt a bit conflicted about Ray. Like at first I was like, okay, 
I can see how, like, if you have a long-term partner and then they get involved in shit like Real Housewives, (laughs) you might start to get, and they start to, you know, I thought of you was coming from a place where, like, you're acting really superficial, like, I want to retire and spend time with you, like, all this kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, I can empathize with that, like, because I'm quite, you know, a introverted person so if Mm -hmm. my partner had like been spending a lot of time with me my whole life and then all of a sudden was like I'm famous now like (laughs) we're doing this and like fucked up my retirement plan I'd be like oh shit like that's a lot to deal with but she also stayed with him through like all his tax problems and stuff like she was very supportive she get like put a lot of investment into that and saw him through a very very tough time and for Mm -hmm. him not to be able to see her through a positive wonderful time I'm kind of Mm -hmm. like god you don't deserve her and that's the thing, like, this episode, I think, some an aspect of it that became more clear to me, at least, was that he, it's it does seem like he's mad that she's not in service of him anymore, yeah. would you say? Yes, yes. Even though it yeah. doesn't sound like she ever, like, cooked for him or anything, he seems to, like, want to be, like, the focus of attention and being doted on. Mm-hmm. Well, because he was saying, you know, before, like, the focus was me and the kids, me and the kids, me and the kids. And, like, now that she, that her existence isn't in service of him, like, that seems to be what he's mad about. Yeah. I don't actually think he wants to spend more time with her particularly. It doesn't seem that way because if he wanted to, then I feel like he would be picking up on her advances to, yeah. like, try and reconnect and stuff like that. Even when she's like, okay, love you, bye. He's like, all the best. Have a good day. <laughs> oh god i feel for her it's actually really sad to see it is really sad she deserves like everything she's wonderful yeah um also wonderful i'm i know i go we literally flip-flop every week back and forth on robin but this week my heart swelled for her again like i adore her when she was doing like the cool mom dance to the cheerleader people at some basketball game, I was dying. She was exactly Amy Poehler, like, with the camcorder in her hand doing the dance and trying to mimic, and it was so wonderful. Did you love her again? I loved her again. I was really sold <laughs> after, the, after the cheerleader dance. I was like, I'm back on board with <laughs> Robin. so cute. I just loved it. That's, I need more moments like that that are just pure and fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's got I don't know like her personality is just very very likable and like her hat business I was like go Robin <laughs> yeah I agree and her kids I helping her yeah it was great you should get a hat I think maybe we need to start having a prize for worst man per episode of Potomac <laughs> because this week I would say oof, it's a pretty close call between Michael and Chris once again the potato brothers let's get to Chris so at the sip and see, um, Ashley and Candace ended up getting into it. Um, and at one point, I can't remember actually how it started, their argument or their disagreement. Because I thought they were like, oh, like team each other. I don't know, because I feel like I think it was just that Ashley was bringing up the fact that, you know, I couldn't disagree with Ashley here because Ashley was saying, like, before she had gone to the bathroom, the last thing she saw was Candace telling Monique to drag her. Oh, yeah, that's right. She kind of incited yeah. the – she was like, drag me, Monique, which is, again, harking back to last season. Um, also, mm-hmm. Ash- Ashley and Candace have their own issues from, like, mm-hmm. seasons past. 
So I'm not surprised that this kind of came to light. And at one point, I can't, I Candace must have said something to her and Ashley was like, I don't need more, oh no, something about trying to get a cash grab or something. And Ashley was like, I'm married to a millionaire. I don't need to do that. And Candace was like, but for how long? You know, like, really, your husband ain't shit. And then it kind of kicked off. Yeah, there was like an implication that Monique, like Candace believed that Monique was paying Ashley to say whatever she was saying about the fight. Yeah. Um, I just felt really bad for Candace in that moment because I felt like people were really leading her astray, like really giving her bad advice mm. um, and really like not helping her process this situation properly because like to believe – I, I don't know, like, maybe I shouldn't put it past anyone on Real Housewives to pay anyone else off. Yeah. But I just thought that seemed a bit paranoid to me. It was a little bit. And also then as she was kind of going in on Ashley, her husband, Chris, other potato man, kind of got up in her face and was like, stop talking, Candace. Shut up. And, like, I was, it was quite a confronting little moment, don't you think? I was horrified. I was like, a white man is putting his face in your face and you've not yet hit him. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if a white man's face came that close to mine, I'd be like, fucking knock him out. (laughs) I could not believe that shit. Yeah, it was, he was mad. He was like, I guess he doesn't want her to have any more conflicts with people or something, but she was... She's maybe like going in on their marriage, which to I mean, at this point is kind of fair game because all his indiscretions are very public at this point. All of Michael's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael's indiscretions, sorry, but I guess Chris is like, I don't want to keep being in the hot seat for coming after people's relationships. Like, please be quiet. We do this every year. Especially with Michael and Ashley. Um Who cares what you th- who cares what you think, Chris? Don't <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, Chris? Get out of her face. Honestly, I don't know why she's with him. I did laugh also, though. um, Apparently she's been... I mean, I'm not... I'm trying so hard not to be dismissive of this, but I laughed so much because around her house she's got all these post-its saying you're okay in different places to remind her that she's okay, like following the trauma that happened to her. And I just thought it was hysterical. I don't know why. That's so me. I know. (laughs) I thought that was so sad. Oh, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> you're a better person than me <laughs> I just I don't know I don't know I just felt a bit ugh, much um but yeah also should we go felt- what sorry I was just gonna say um it was I'm also quite confused so in the episode Candace talked about the fact that she felt she had no choice but to press press criminal charges against Monique because she was assaulted Um, And that is what her mother and other people encouraged her to do. However, Monique, all on social media, brought the receipts that apparently she was served with a civil suit. And as she has kind of maintained for a while, Ashley just wants like, I mean, fuck's sake, Candace just wants money out of this situation and like a bit of notoriety. If she was really concerned about being assaulted, she would have put forward criminal charges, but she put through a civil suit, which is different. That's true. Oh, God. This situation is very disheartening, isn't it? It is. You said a couple of weeks ago you were like, if you're going to get anything, get money. Like, at least make it a civil suit so that it's not just, like, for no, you know, what could what good could come out of a criminal charge? Well, yeah. I mean, yes, that. I'm, my thing is that, like, most, like, 
without going too far into it, I, I believe that violent crime can be resolved outside the court system. Um, and I, I think now we are, we do have appropriate models in Western society to, to start dealing with violent crime in a more mm-hmm. constructive way. Um, but simultaneously, I, I, I still don't believe that, like, you know, necessarily you should seek financial reparations for an assault. Um, but, but that's from my perspective in, you know, um, like Life. Australia where we, like – don't have to pay for medical costs. Do you know what I mean? Whereas right. like in the US, I do, I do think there are circumstances where it, it would warrant, you would like seek financial compensation for an assault or f- for bodily harm because mm-hmm. there would be medical costs involved. Um, and also, you know, we don't know like the psych- like psychiatric or psychologist costs as well, yeah. um, that kind of thing. So I can see reason for seeking financial compensation in that way. Um, but I don't believe that Candace is receiving good advice. It mm. doesn't seem seem to be. Maybe she is, but um, it doesn't seem to me that she's receiving good advice in this circumstance. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Mm. Yeah, This was quite a sad episode. It I just... was, wasn't it? It left me a little bit just like, oh. But also, at the same time, just like, oh, this is the best season of Real Housewives. Or like the best franchise, I think. You reckon? I love them. I'm also watching Atlanta though at the same time, which is so wonderful. Um, I've never. I'm up to like season ten now. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think these two are my favorites. And New York. Nice. I always love New York because New York's good. New York's like pacey. It's quick. Every episode, there's like a new thing to fight about. Like <laughs> remember mm-hmm. last week I said Be- Beverly Hills will pick like one shitty boring fucking topic and then beat it to death over an entire mm-hmm. season. Whereas New York is like mm-hmm. and next next. Moving on. <laughs> Very dynamic. There's always new beef. There's always new beef. I love it so much. This week we also watched um, the first episode of season 15 of Real Housewives of Orange County. We did. Um, look, I was hesitant to give this any any air or any breath, basically, but I just can't help myself. I had opinions. Um, it seems like Shannon has lost her, her two amigas. Duo Amigas, the Tres Amigas they were before. Um, Vicky and Tamara, thank God, were fired for this season or I would have actually refused to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So she's on her lonesome, which means she's trying to make amends basically with all the people that she kind of burnt bridges with last season, which was Kelly um, and like Bronwyn, pretty much everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but then, then I also got sad though because I loved – Kelly last season before I realized she was like a racist um, and super problematic. <laughs> I was very team Kelly last year. So this season I'm like, I hate her and she's already insufferable. Do you know who Kelly is? Have you, have you seen yeah. any of the OC before? I have, I had watched a couple of episodes of like the first and second season, oh, but okay, I, had, right. I wasn't up to speed on this um, season, but I just knew Kelly was a racist straight away um, <laughs> because she's dating a Fox News reporter. Yeah, and only racists date Fox News reporters. Hundred um, percent. Um, and Gina and Emily. I hate Gina regardless. I can't stand her. I never have been able to stand her or her hair extensions or her voice. But Emily, I really, 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 really loved last season, and she was good with like Bronwyn. And for some reason, her and Bronwyn, for completely, they've not even touched on it. They're not talking about it at all. They're in a really bad place. And they've just, ref- like, not acknowledged whatever the catalyst was. I'm so confused. Because I love Bronwyn. 
Um, and this season she's kind of dealing with her sobriety and getting sober. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, her and Emily are not okay, but they're not saying why. Was Emily not the one that came to talk to her? Who was the one that came to talk to her in this episode? Emily did, but, like, last season they were good. It was like they were friends, and they were friends with Kelly, and something just seems to have happened where they're, they're still speaking, but there's been some kind of beef, and they're not discussing it. Didn't, didn't they discuss that, like, um, Emily was trying to address um, Bronwyn's drinking problem and Bronwyn was, like, not having it? They did address that, but we never saw that, like, last year, really. I don't – I mean, right. it didn't feel like as much – I don't remember it, so it didn't feel like much of a moment. I don't know. It just feels like something else happened in my – I have, like, a uneasy – like, my spidey senses are tingling that something else went down right. that they're not talking about. Um, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, in my experience, like, yeah, when – as a person who also struggles with like drugs and alcohol, when you're like in that moment and you're not trying to come out of it, if mm. someone brings it to your attention, like you, that's, that's cause for a fight usually. Yeah. Um, that will cause a big rift. And like, usually people who are struggling with addiction, like they'll really lash out if you bring it to their attention. Yeah. Um, so to me that, that seems like it could have been that, okay. like that would have been the thing. And also Bronwyn apologised to her as well. She did. was like, I'm really sorry for this, you were actually right, which I was like super proud of Bronwyn for, even Me though too. I know nothing about her. <laughs> I was just like, good job, that's really hard to do. Yeah, it was very heartfelt and I, I'm not going to lie, I got quite joked up watching her um, talk mm-hmm. to Emily. So I hope they can get their friendship back on track because I really loved them together and Emily's so funny, but she just will not let go of this stupid friendship with fucking Gina. I can't stand Gina, like. She was so mm. awful to Emily last season, just completely degrading, sort of, even though they'd been best friends for a really long time, she wrote her off so she could be, like, in with Tamara and Vicky and kind of ditched Emily by the wayside. And now this season, those two seem to have reconnected because Gina has nobody else. And it's like, they've become mean girls talking about people and it makes me so upset. Mm. Look, it's really hard to tell people apart. <laughs> <laughs> On Housewives of OC, that that's something I will say. Like, it took me like the whole episode to work out that like people were different people. <laughs> Gina. Like the only one that looks mildly, the only two that look mildly different is Kelly and Emily, and they look pretty similar to each other. Yeah. Um, and then everybody else to me, I was like, I cannot tell until maybe the end with Bronwyn. I was like, okay, she's Bronwyn. She has a dimple chin. Else, I was like, I've got no idea who the fuck that is. <laughs> Bronwyn has a dimple chin and, like, 85 children. Gina has really bad hair extensions and a very Long Island accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and there's a new one. I don't know enough about her yet to have an opinion. And I don't have mm-hmm. – she didn't make enough of an impact for me to have one. So. Yes. I'll, well, yeah. The, the key thing this episode was well done, Bronwyn. Yeah, a, for sure. You did a good job. I'm excited to see her this season. I really, really like her. She's very, like – vocal on social media about LGBTQ um, rights and Black Lives Matter and a lot of things that the other real housewives of OC housewives would never, ever, ever touch. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So she makes me... I'm really excited to see what this season brings for her. Yes, we'll see. Yeah. And I think she's leaving Sean, her husband. She is? Yeah, I think that was on social media, though, not in the episode. They're separated. Yeah. Yes. Did you More enjoy it? Should leave their husbands. 
Did you like it? Have you been? Did you enjoy the first episode? Do you reckon you'll still keep watching it or no? Yeah, I'll keep watching it. I mean, yeah, like I said, the only one I was really interested in was Bronwyn. Like, I think it takes a lot of courage to be going through what she's going through on reality TV. Yeah. Um, especially because like reality TV is highly fueled by alcohol. Like they're, you know, as we know, producers applying people with alcohol nonstop. Um, so to constantly, you know, have that pressure on you and constantly being offered alcohol when you're like trying not to drink is really difficult. Yeah. Um, so yes, staying on board to support Bronwyn this season. Go Bronwyn. Team Bronwyn. Go Bronwyn. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say on OC, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, but even though I, I'm so pissed off about everything to do with Beverly Hills because Denise has left and everything, there was news mm-hmm. last week of a new casting um, announcement for the next series of Beverly Hills. And mm-hmm. the person that will be joining is bloody no less than Tori Spelling. She's joining the cast of Beverly Hills and I cannot wait. Yes. I don't know if she's going to be Can't a friend wait. of or like a cast member, like a housewife, but... I mean, bring on Donna. I'm so excited. I love her. <laughs> I love her too. I think it'll be wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be really good. Um, something that I didn't know about Tori Spelling, which I found out this week, is that she played like a kid on Fantasy Island. Do you remember that show from the 70s? I mean, not personally. I think so. <laughs> I'm not that old. Anyway. I just thought that was – I just, like, went through Tori Spelling's whole IMDb <laughs> this week. Off the back of this news? Hey? Off the back of this news? Off the back of this news, <laughs> I was like, let's revisit Tori Spelling and her achievements. I used to watch her reality show a lot with her um, deadbeat husband that she should also definitely leave, Dean Cheremay, mm-hmm. Sher- whatever his name is, who definitely mm-hmm. has other – I think he's got, like – other love children by other baby mamas since they've been together or has definitely stepped out on her. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't compulsory heterosexuality miraculous? <laughs> like it's <laughs> fucking miraculous what people will put up with. Yeah, it really, really is. Like not saying that in queer relationships, people don't put up with shit. Like truly, you know, there's queer relationships have their own issues for sure. Yeah. But Compulsory heterosexuality, and that's, like, the phenomenon where um, Western society in particular highly, highly values, highly reinforces um, and highly rewards um, heterosexuality and heterosexual monogamous relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, truly. (laughs) The levels of bullshit. As I've said before, the bar for straight men, straight cis men, is in hell. It's in hell. Like, I just... (laughs) I'm sorry, this episode of Potomac really fucked me up. I was yeah. like, absolutely not. How can these men be getting away with this nonsense? They all do. All of them. Oh, God, it's hideous. You didn't even watch Real Housewives of OC seasons uh, when Shannon's horrendous husband, David, like, was cheating on her left, right and centre and being emotionally abusive to her on camera. So God knows what he was like, not on camera. Um, And it took her many, many seasons before she finally left him. They even went through, like, counsel. Oh, my God, one of my favourite... Not fake. This... I sound like such a horrible person, especially when I talk to you and you come at it so nice. But when his affair had come out, 
they went through like marriage counseling together and then they, they did like a funeral for their past marriage and then like renewed their vows but they full on had like a casket I think that they buried to like put to rest their past Whoa. relationship it was very dramatic and I was kind of like love that um but yeah she finally got rid of him he had very creepy like serial killer eyes and he's remarried now she should have buried him she should have buried him instead <laughs> I just joked <laughs> oh, I just got like spit up my nose um yeah she should have but she didn't and now he's married to some like 12 year old disgusting disgusting um well i mean i feel like we've covered real housewives now ain't shit yeah. man and bronwyn the end speaking of compet or compulsory heterosexuality yeah. do you want to talk about the bachelorette <gasps> so i will preface this by saying i have never seen a season of bachelor or bachelorette or any of its subsequent spin-offs in my life like i've never watched an entire season i think the only thing i did watch was the last like two episodes where sam frost picked sasha on the Australian uh-huh. Bachelor, and that's it. That's as much as I've seen. And I got really invested for those two episodes. Um, but Bachelorette, I saw a lot on social media for the US one that it was going to be, like, crazy. And I was I was intrigued, I'm not going to lie. And it just popped up on my Hey You, and I watched the first two episodes. Oh, my God, this woman is unhinged. I love it. So they're filming it during COVID, and they weren't sure if it was going to go ahead or not. Um uh-huh. She's been on four seasons already of Bachelor or some equivalent spin-off. Like mm-hmm. Bachelor. I was going to ask how many seasons she'd been on four. Okay. I yeah, think yeah, this yeah. is the fourth maybe, but she's been on like Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise and like another one. And now she is the Bachelorette. And I think she's the oldest one. She's like 38 or 39. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, first of all, it opens up with so many boring backstories of each of the Bachelors. Does that happen every season? Yeah. Oh, God. I was like, skip, 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 skip. Don't care. Um, And then they all had to get COVID tested. And now they live in, like, a community together. And a lot of it was completely... One guy spent the whole episode in a straitjacket. So, you know when you they come out of the car, the limo, to say hello for the first time? He was yeah. in, like, a straitjacket to show her that he was, like, locked in love with her or something already. It was very true. Wild. <laughs> so wild. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then another guy, his name was Dale... He was like, hello, and then walked inside, and then she was just like, I've met my husband. I just felt it. I just met my husband. Like, that's him. He literally said hello and, like, kissed her on the cheek. He didn't even have, like, a gimmick, nothing. Um, Was he very tall? Was he tall? He was very tall. He was quite – he's very handsome, I guess, but that was it. She was just like, I've met my husband. Fine. Mm -hmm. That was all I got from the first episode. (laughs) Second Mm -hmm. episode, she had, like – I think she'd had a group date already – and then it was a situation where they were all sitting by the pool, the boys, and she came out and sat down in the middle of them and it was just really quiet and awkward. And she was like, so let's get the evening started. <laughs> no one started talking. And finally she was like, does anyone want to come talk to me? And finally one guy was like, long pause. He was, <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, of course, I'll come chat. I was just nervous. And so they went off to have like a, a chat, just the two of them. Um <laughs> And she started talking to her to start conversation. And she's like, stop. I'm sorry. Am I like, what just happened then? It feels like no one wanted to talk to me. Like, did you, like, why did no one jump at the chance to talk to me? I don't understand what just happened. Like, is everyone just here not to meet me? Like, do they just want to chat? Like, what was the deal with that? And he was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was just nervous. I wasn't sure. And she's like, hang on. And she walks back to the group. Yeah. (laughs) And basically reprimanded them and was like, 
How come none of you wanted to talk to me? Is it, you know, this isn't the opportunity for you all to like bro down and catch up with each other and chat. Like you should be here to talk to me. I was completely insulted. Like how come no one jumped at the chance to spend time with me? Like it was insane. What a first impression on the men that want to date you. Honestly, I was just like, oh, I understand why this is your fourth time here. Like, it was mm-hmm. crazy. And then they all just looked mm-hmm. a bit scared and they were like, then they ended up fighting with each other because they were like, oh, I'm just talking for everyone. And she's like, don't talk for everyone. And then some other guy's like, yeah, don't talk for me. I was like, what is happening? This is insane. It was very, very tense and weird. Wow. Anyway, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I've never watched, actually, I did watch one season of US Bachelor. I can't remember which season, but I've watched almost every season of the Australian Bachelor and Bachelorette. (laughs) You love it. Except last Bachelor. I haven't watched this season of Bachelorette because I don't care much for the Bachelorette. (laughs) I think they're boring. Like, they're quite, they're very boring personalities. And, um, the season before The Bachelor in Australia was that fucking psycho dude from Survivor. So I started Did watching he have curly it. hair? No, 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 no. Oh. He had like, I think he's from Australian Survivor. Um, he had like a buzz cut. He was just a maniac. Like I couldn't watch him. I was like, this is a fucking serial killer. Like I cannot. Um, but like I watched the first few episodes and the, best like I think it was the first or second episode there was like this this ranger this redhead girl <laughs> and like she thought that people were just like she got so drunk that she thought people were discriminating against her because she was a ranger and she did like this full-on like drunk speech about like discrimination against rangers <laughs> it was Fucking iconic, actually, and I was like, the season's peaked. Like that's that's you the would season. die. Actually, in the UK now that I live here, I did not know this was a thing, but rangers here fully are like we are discriminated against. Like we are bullied, we are discriminated against. It's a dying race, and every time they talk about it, I'm just like, this is this isn't real. This can't be real, but it's a real thing here that people keep talking about. A dying race. Like yeah, sorry, <laughs> rangers are referring to themselves as a dying race. You know what I mean? Like, unless they, what's the word? Have, not have sex. <laughs> unless they, what's the word when you have a baby? <laughs> you know, reproduce. reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, unless they reproduce with another ranger, they can't have ranger babies. So it's like a. Is that true? I, Surely that's not true. I think so. it's like a recessive gene. Fucking hell. Ranger yeah. rights. Ranger rights. Um, but yeah, like, I probably will kind of keep watching this Bachelorette, but only because, she's like, she's woo-woo nuts. And, like, all of the previews look crazy. Like, shit goes down. Like, she leaves, I think, at some point. I'm not really sure, but a lot's going to happen. So I'll watch this one. But otherwise, <clears throat> like, I don't really like watching straight dating shows. Like, I just don't. I know. Did you ever watch... Um... Are yes, you I the did. One, the bisexual one. Yes, I did. I made my whole house watch Are You the One over like lockdown. We watched it, it all. It was so good. It was fucking brilliant. Like, that is peak reality TV, in my opinion. I want to see that again like 10 times over. It was wonderful. The drama was so. Like, oh, usually on um, reality dating shows, it's like, he's cheating on me. Like, he's disrespectful. <laughs> like, I'm fighting with another woman because I'm 
got some emotional yeah. insecurities. But, like, on that show, it was, like, he is literally fucking five people at once. Kai. And it was Kai. Like, so, for background, are you the one <laughs> – are you the one is an MTV show where normally it's like, I think like 10 men, 10 women, everyone's like cisgender and they're, you have to guess who the expert dating expert people have partnered you with. And by the end of the series, uh-huh. if you're matched up with the person that you've been assigned, but you're, you don't know it yet, you need to find each other throughout the season. Then the whole group wins like a million dollars or something or like, and they split it between them. But if, uh-huh. If they're none, if they don't reach like a hundred percent at the end of the season, they don't get the money. And also, if people, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Oh my uh, god, I'm so sorry. Like, I just burped a little bit, and if the <laughs> microphone got it. I genuinely apologize to everyone, especially my mom. If my mom ever listens to this, sorry. I was gonna say, but this season was really good because it was like anyone could have been matched up with anyone because everyone's like bi or pansexual or whatever. Uh-huh. And they like anyone in the house could be your potential mate. It's not just like looking for the opposite sex. And it was so interesting and fun to watch. Oh, uh-huh. I loved uh-huh. it so much. Like pansexual, pansexual means you're attracted to any gender, right? Okay, I'm not. Oh. Sh- I think so. I think pansexual yeah. means like you don't have any like hangups. You're just into the person. However, uh-huh. apparently that's also what bisexual means nowadays. But when I in back in my day when I was growing up, bi was like you like men and women or whatever. It was seen as a lot more of a binary situation. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. apparently, a lot of um, discourse indicates that if you consider yourself pansexual, it's kind of like being pan- like biphobic because I don't know. <laughs> I get really confused uh-huh. by it, but you know what I mean? Because then you're yeah. saying like, if a bi person is into someone who's like a trans woman, that uh-huh. person is a woman. You know what I mean? Whereas pansexual uh-huh. people are like, Oh, I like anyone, male, female, trans, whatever. But yeah, that's disgusting. When I was growing up, like pan people dated trans people. Like, um, if that makes sense, like pansexual was a relatively new term when I was in my like late teens, early twenties yeah. and it came out and it, it often communicated that unlike bi people, you dated trans folks as well. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I have a I have a younger sibling who's just turned 21 and she identifies as bisexual and she told me that, like, now bisexual means you're attracted to your gender and others. Yeah. Whereas um, being, like, identifying as, like, a lesbian can mean that you like women exclusively or you... Um, like your like being gay means you like this people of the same gender. She said it's more along the lines of like same or different gender. Right. Whereas before we saw it like we were like you like men and women. That was the assumption about bi folks, but apparently that assumption doesn't carry now. Got you. Okay. Yeah, I find that quite um it's just different, right? When you you grow up with something that has different connotations, you have to like unlearn sort of mm-hmm. What you've been pre That's how we know we're old now. <laughs> we're like past, you know, we're past the current understanding of bisexual. <laughs> so fucking old and I'm so much older than you, which is hor- hor- horrifying. 
my god my partner she's like so with it because she's a youth worker especially with like well not at the moment but she has been for a long time a youth worker particularly with um like lgbt young people Mm -hmm. and she'll be like telling me and she's like you know monosexual people are like blah 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 and i'm like sorry what and she'll be like you know people that only like one gender and i'll be like oh yeah 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 She's, like, on the bi train. Like, my partner identifies as bisexual. Okay. And she's, like, she's on the bi train. She's always, like, picking up on stuff and being explaining how, like, you know, people aren't just attracted to one type of gender. And I'm, like, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. I accept that. I just don't know always the most current terminology. For sure. Well, on that show, on um, Are You The One, like, it was sort of just queer, like, generally. Like, you... It was people that were attracted to many genders. And that's the other thing. A lot of people just, you know, of our generation as well, use queer as an umbrella term. So yeah. queer just means, like, you're into other queer people. I think for our generation anyway. I'm yeah. not sure if that would change. But, yeah, that show was that show was peak, that MTB, oh I, the one. I, I had watched it previously and was just, like, again, appalled by compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> but that season was so, so good. fucking wild please mtv bring it back in the same way oh my god back like bring it back please like it cannot just be one queer season like please continue either one as a queer reality dating show that can't be all that we have really a mess (laughs) it was a mess kai was a particular mess but fuck i loved the whole thing and the thing with basit and uh jonathan and like how jonathan was basit's perfect match but like Jonathan couldn't fucking like get past like I... all the internalized bullshit he like it was, was driving me crazy so many issues yeah it was very interesting to watch but I just thought Bassett also better like deserved better than Jonathan but eventually Jonathan came around which was good they they did deserve better and now they've got better they're dating like the cutest little really? other non-binary person Aww. yes I follow them on Instagram and I'm obsessed with their relationship because they're <laughs> Two non-binary people in a relationship and I'm a non-binary person in person in a relationship with a trans femme person and we just don't get to see it that often. Yeah. So oh, I love it. I love it too. Oh my god, I might do a little rewatch just because it made me so happy. It's a great season. It's a great season. Um speaking of things that we don't get enough of in terms of representation. Finally this week, finally, 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 we saw a little sneak peek of a new rom-com coming this Christmas. I think I've talked about this already, but now there are pictures. Kristen Stewart is starting, starting, is starring in a Christmas lesbian rom-com and it's coming out in November, I think. And I just, oh my God, I've been waiting three long years for this since I knew Clea Duvall was working on it. And it's just like made my gay heart so happy I, I cannot wait if i could have created a movie for myself it would have been a lesbian kristen stewart rom-com at christmas <laughs> genuinely so that's exciting also clea duval is working on i think i think it's her um tegan and sarah <laughs> my other loves tegan and sarah <laughs> released a book called high school about their like experiences in the 90s at high school and it's being turned mm-hmm. into a series, like a sitcom series that Clea Duvall is writing. I'm so nice. excited. This is the shit that we need, you know? Queer representation that's got electricity and not devastating endings. Mm-hmm. Yay. 
I love Claire Duvall. I love I her. wish she had cast herself in this movie. <laughs> I do too. I would have liked to see her and Kristen Stewart as a couple. Mm-hmm. But she's quite a bit older than Kristen That's Stewart okay. now. That's okay. Kim's yeah. older than me. She's like ancient. She's 37. I'm young. <laughs> I think Claire Duvall is like a bit older than that. But, Probably. Um, case you. But yeah, look. I don't really like Christmas. Like, it kind of annoys me because, you know, like, I live in, I live on Gadigawanga country where it's like 40 degrees at, at Christmas and yet we're putting up fucking snow-themed decorations. Like, there's nothing as bizarre as that. Like, I just will never understand it. Um, but I guess you are living the winter wonderland experience. I am. And I love it so you much. And enjoy the yeah. Christmas it doesn't snow well it hasn't snowed since I've been here for two years other than a little bit in January one year but I went to Copenhagen last year for Christmas and it was just dreamy it was like a fucking gingerbread house come to life and oh my god it was beautiful I loved it so much I just want to spend every Christmas in another European like country and going to Christmas markets yes please it's all about yeah. like mulled wine and I mean I know you're sober but oh my god it's just so fun I love it I'm very like, bring on the festivities, bring on the Christmas lights. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch this movie, but <laughs> I'll watch this movie. Watch the movie and then we'll do a recap, like breakdown of the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other favorite Christmas movies that you watch like all the time? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I usually start my watching about eight weeks out from Christmas and I'll pick like one movie a week to sit down with myself and enjoy. Um, really? Yeah. All the time, so I think I can start soon. Right, it's nearly November. I usually start what, around. So, what do you watch? What what movies do you watch? I always watch Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, oh yeah. I always watch Love Actually, even though I sort of love hate it now. I always uh-huh. watch um, Home Alone Two. Um, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite one that I save until the week before Christmas is The Family Stone. It's so good, and I weep uh-huh. every time. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't remember the rest, but those are probably the top four. Those are pretty good movies, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's my favourite time of... I just get... I start it the week after my birthday, that's right. Because I'm like, and November is still about me until it's not. And then it can become about yeah. Christmas. Yes, your birthday's very soon. Yeah. Very, very, very old, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting old. <laughs> I feel like you're aging like, into your personality. I'm just aging into me personality. Yeah. Because but also like my like my youth was so disrupted and like painful and you know like my upbringing was just a lot. And then in my 20s like I had to recover from that. And like now I'm I'm approaching my 30s. I'm not there yet, but like <laughs> I have a safe place to live. Like I've got food to eat, you know, yep. I'm chilling. It's all good. <laughs> You've got good relationships and people around you. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Age into it. Enjoy. It's so good. I love it. It is so good. Um, I guess. <laughs> I hope I haven't <laughs> peaked. I'm turning 32. Um, and I just don't know anything good that happens after that. But we'll find out. Um, well, on that note, I have nothing further to add. Me neither. Great. Um, good. Oh, fuck. I always do this. Good morning, Maddie. Good evening, Earth. <laughs> I'll chat to you next week. 
See ya. That wraps up um, another packed week of pop culture for us. Clearly, we had quite a few things to get off our chest. Hopefully, you enjoyed. Um, and as always, um, you can hit us up via DM on Instagram or Facebook at Afroisms. We would love to hear from you, whether it's astrology related or pop culture or whatever. We particularly really want to do like astrology compatibility, like love matches. So let us know if you have a little crush on someone. Um, we would love to discuss. And if you're enjoying the podcast, you know, and you feel like giving a five star review or leaving like a lovely little comment, that would be okay with us. Um, we would love to hear from you. And don't forget to donate to Radio Skid Row if you can. Um, you can hit them up at Radio Skid Row on Instagram and there is a link to donate in the bio. Hope you enjoy.